The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast. I'm Zeeshan Khan. After two weeks, two weekends of exciting NCAA basketball, we are now down to the final four in the 2016 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. And we have uh, two great matchups coming up in the final four. We have the Villanova Wildcats and the Oklahoma Sooners in the first matchup. And in the second matchup, we have the Syracuse Orange versus the North Carolina Tar Heels. And uh, w- to talk about this Final Four, I have joining me once again from uh, the same guest from the first NCAA Men's Basketball Podcast from the mean streets of Richmond Heights, California, Syed. How are you doing, Syed? I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm not really liking uh, my picks. My picks absolutely got murdered in uh, the tournament, uh, so I was just wondering... What exactly happened to all my Final Four picks? I didn't get any Final Four picks. I think you did much better than me, but you only got one right. I'm correct on that? Um, I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people's brackets were, were broken up right on right the opening weekend with Michigan State lost, to be honest. And Kansas went down in the Elite Eight as well. So those are two pretty big shockers, I think, for everybody. Okay, so let's uh, before we get into the two Final Four matchups, let's just go uh, kind of region by region and kind of uh, break down the, all the games that happened in the first two weekends. So we'll start uh, like we did in the first podcast with the South region. Uh, what was your kind of overall takeaway of, of the play and the teams that uh, were in that region? Well, I mean, I think uh, we we got in in that region. We got the, the matchup in the Elite Eight that everyone was kind of expecting. Uh, Kansas and Villanova. Uh, Villanova just came up big and made the, the plays where they needed to, uh, and uh, they kind of squeaked through uh, to the Final Four there. Uh, so I was surprised that Kansas lost, but uh, Villanova played a uh, played big there. Okay, uh, Villanova. I was a team that I was initially very down on in the beginning. I, like an idiot, picked them to lose in the first round against UNC Asheville. I don't know what it, exactly was going through my head, but uh, they were absolutely spectacular The first their first three games, especially on offense. They were super efficient, and they pretty much ran through UNC Asheville, Iowa, and then Miami. And then into the Elite Eight, uh, that matchup against Kansas, it was more of a tough, grind-it-out type game, uh, a lot different than the first three games they played where they kind of had their way on offense. But what proved to be the difference in that one, I think, was uh, Villanova's uh, perimeter defense with R.C. Diacono, uh, Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins. Uh, those guys are fantastic defenders, and they they really seem to ha- have a, g- a big impact on uh, Kansas's uh star players like Wayne Selden and then up front Oshefu was excellent as well for them and he seemed to really uh, 
frustrate Perry Ellis throughout that whole game, and Perry Ellis never never really got anything going throughout the whole game. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised by he had a big uh, a donut in the first half, Perry Ellis. I'm surprised Jenkins was able to get a big shot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, kind of uh, some other teams. Uh, what did, did you? I don't know if you saw that Arizona Wichita State game. I mean, what what was up with the Sean Miller sweating so much? I was I never thought a human could sweat possibly so much like that. What did you think of that? Yeah, I don't know if I caught that. <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. I I cannot believe it was like ten minutes into the game or something, or maybe maybe even less and. That guy was just uh, sweating more than all of his players, and it was <laughs> unbelievable. Well, anyways, I had Arizona actually going to the Elite Eight, another uh, big whiff on my part. Uh, but uh, definitely, uh, you got to give Villanova credit. <laughs> I was really down on them, and they came up big, and they're playing uh, the best basketball of their season uh, going into the Final Four. So did you have any other thoughts you wanted to kind of uh, share about the South region? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, Villanova played big players like Archie Diakno, who I didn't think would show up against Kansas. They, they did. So. Okay, definitely uh, Villanova deserves it, and they're a true uh, Final Four team in the South region. So uh, we'll move now into the bottom half of the left side of the bracket into the West region. Uh, Oklahoma versus Oregon, that was pretty much the – matchup we expected going in. I had Oregon coming out of the bracket and you had Oklahoma and you ultimately proved to have the right pick with Buddy Heald. So what was your overall uh, takeaway, your overall thoughts from the West region? Yeah, I was, I was surprised overall by how well Oregon played. It. They played better than I thought they would. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I did have the feeling that Buddy Heald would show big and uh, he, he's probably been the best player of the tournament so far. Uh, Buddy Heald has been absolutely spectacular uh, so far. I mean, he's, his draft stock has risen so much just with the last four games that he's played, and he's come up big. I mean, the reason I didn't like Oklahoma going in was because of uh, I didn't think uh, the other players would uh, contribute much, but you got to give the other players on Oklahoma credit as well. Guys like Isaiah Cousin, uh, Isaiah Cousins, Jordan Woodard, Kadeem Latine, uh, they've come up big as well. But Buddy Hield is definitely the storyline. Uh, he's he's had four excellent games, and he was even spectacular. The best game for him came against Oregon. I think he had like 37 points, and he was absolutely spectacular from beyond the arc. And uh, uh, what did you think about uh, Duke coach Mike Duke coach Mike Shashevsky, uh lecturing uh, Dylan Brooks after they lost the Sweet 16 game to Oregon. Yeah, I thought that was pretty classless. Um, they're not a big fan of Duke. And, you know, to be honest, like, it, it shows, like, how big of an ego Mike Krzyzewski has to, to go up to a player like that. And then, and then afterwards, he lied about it. He's like, no, I didn't do that. And when he was like, actually caught in his lies and he's like oh yeah yeah I did actually say that and he apologized through kind of a verbal statement rather than showing up in person and you know saying it in person okay definitely uh, what do you think the reaction would have been uh, 
if like say another coach like a Tony Bennett or a Tom Crean or say even like a, a Jay Wright from Villanova, do you think they would get as much leeway as uh, Mike Krzyzewski got from the media if they had uh, called out a player like this? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, imagine someone else calling out a Duke player. Like, obviously, everyone would be all over it. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, like, if they another coach called out Grace and Allen for kicking player, which, you know, no other coach really has, you know, that, you know that's something that maybe coaches should be doing. Uh, they get killed for it. Okay, so you're saying uh, uh, Mike Krzyzewski kind of gets a, a little pass on these types of things just because of his resume and uh, the culture he's built at uh, Duke? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw that little video that uh, J.J. Redick and uh, what's his name, DeAndre Jordan did. Uh, it was really about Doc Rivers, but then someone asked J.J. Redick about um, – Coach K and how he compares to Doc Rivers and J.J. Redick was like, Coach K curses so often, it's unbelievable. Okay, well, definitely. Uh, like, if you sit behind, like, the Duke bench during a game, all you'll hear is curse words. Okay, definitely. So, uh, yeah, enough about that. Yeah, Coach K, I think, uh, got a little bit of a pass there. But uh, some of the media members I <laughs> – fairly uh gave it to him and called him out on it and it was absolutely i think the wrong move and uh dylan brooks actually uh acknowledged it and he 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 apologized to coach k and he said uh he was out of line and he shouldn't do it again but uh i mean other teams in this region not really much to look at i mean i think oregon and oklahoma were the story and uh duke was another exciting team but they ultimately came short against oregon well uh one surprise in this region was yale beating baylor and uh, we've got to give a big congratulations to Yale, their first uh, ever tournament win. And other than that, I mean, it pretty much went expected, and uh, Oklahoma moved on to the Final Four. So did you want to say anything else, else about this region? Uh, no, not really. Okay. You pretty much called it uh, exactly how it happened. So we'll move into the East region which we and you thought was the hardest region going in. And we had uh, UNC moving into the Final Four from that region with a dominant win over Notre Dame and pretty much a dominant win in all four of their games. Uh, so uh, what was your overall takeaway from this region? Yeah, North Carolina really uh, kind of shined, like you said. They, they pretty much dominated all the games they were in. Uh, I thought Xavier was pretty disappointing. Uh, you know, people uh, had thought they, they might have deserved a one seed and uh, and, and they lost to Wisconsin in the second round. So, um, and, and, and Kentucky was obviously hot coming into this tournament as well. And they, they got knocked out in the second round too. So there's a couple of, uh, kind of I would say, surprising results there. But other than that, I think uh, North Carolina kind of handled business. Yeah, definitely North Carolina, like I said, was dominant all throughout. Uh, I had Kentucky, my actual championship pick uh, from this region, and they they lost a tough game to Indiana in the second round. And like you mentioned in the first podcast that uh, Kentucky, their, their big guys are kind of raw, and then uh, they had trouble against Indiana. And then uh, Tyler Eulis and uh, Jamal Murray weren't able to bring it home for them. 
and uh, you got to give credit to Yogi Ferrell and Tom Crean and the Indiana team for uh, beating them and moving into the Sweet 16. But another thing was, I don't know if you watched the uh, USC Providence game. Uh, our USC Trojans, they pretty much uh, gave away that game to Providence by making every stupid mistake down the stretch in that game. Were you able to get a chance to watch that game? Uh, no, I was not. Um, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely a disappointing result. But at the, at, at the same time, uh, not as disappointing as Cal. So I'll throw that out there for Berkeley fans. Okay, definitely. Uh, and then... Big uh, the biggest upset probably of the tournament or the probably second one came in this region uh, with Stephen F. Austin beating uh, West Virginia in the first round. Actually, pretty much uh, beating them pretty comfortably as well. Uh, what do you think was was the problem for West Virginia versus the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks? Um, I'm not sure, but Stephen F. Austin, I was definitely rooting for them and. Uh, Man, that, that game against Notre Dame, uh, they just couldn't grab that rebound. They all, they almost missed that week 16. So uh, they're definitely an exciting team to watch. Yeah, that was an exciting uh, bottom half of the East region with those uh, second-round games. Notre Dame winning on that uh, buzzer-beating tip-in, and then uh, Wisconsin winning on that uh, kind of a near last-second three by uh, their uh, guard. So... That was, uh, I mean, that was also a good matchup between Notre Dame and Wisconsin in the Sweet 16. But uh, like, uh, like I said, like I said in the beginning, UNC was the team, and they looked like the best team going into the Final Four, in my opinion. They pretty much uh, dominated all their matchups, and they beat uh, Indiana and Notre Dame in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. So, any other thoughts you want to throw in about the East region? Uh, no. Okay, sure. So then uh, we'll move on to the Midwest region. Uh, this is the region where a lot of brackets got busted on the second day of the tournament. So wh what did you think overall about this region? Yeah, definitely, I think uh, probably the biggest upset in the, uh, probably in a few years is uh, that Middletown State over Michigan State busted a lot of people's brackets, uh, including mine. Um <laughs> But uh, I was surprised that Virginia lost to Syracuse as well. They had a huge lead going into halftime, and they really blew that game. Um, that, that was also pretty surprising for me. Uh, definitely. This was probably the region uh, where the most havoc was caused, I mean, with kind of uh, low, higher seeds losing and stuff. Uh, and it started with uh, Michigan State uh, on the f first uh, on their first game losing – to Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee uh, State uh, jumped out on Michigan State early, and Michigan State uh, just couldn't recover. I mean, defensively, I mean, they just couldn't recover after that. And then Denzel Valentine played okay, but didn't really have his best game up front. M Matt Costello wasn't that great. Deonta Davis wasn't that good. And they were just fighting uh, fighting back from a pretty uh, big 13, 15-point lead early on, and ultimately they weren't able to overcome it. And they ended up going down, and probably the biggest upset I've seen, and yeah, like you said, in at least like five to ten years. And then uh, the biggest surprise, obviously, in this region is Syracuse, like you mentioned. They were down big. They were down, I think, 14 or something with 
like seven minutes to go in that elite eight game versus Virginia, and then they just started hitting threes and showing uh, their their gritty toughness. And they were you got to give them credit. Their uh, their players came through and and uh, ultimately helped them move on to the final four. What do you think uh, was the problem for Michigan State in that first game against Middle Tennessee State? Um, they just couldn't stop Middle Tennessee State. I mean, uh, Middle Tennessee State dropped 90 on them, uh, which uh, in a college game is uh, a lot of throwout points. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I, I think uh, they probably got caught up in their own hype and they weren't prepared. They took that game for granted. Uh, you know, you, you never think that as a two seed you're going to lose to a 15 seed. So I think that they probably kind of took them for granted a little bit. Okay, definitely. And uh, Syracuse, uh, a team at the beginning of the tournament, a lot of people were angry and frustrated that they shouldn't even be in there. So uh, what do you think uh, kind of clicked for them? Was it just a, a string of uh, good matchups? Do you think uh, they played well? What, what do you think it was? Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, uh, he, 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 you know, uh, you know, I want to shout out to Arvidas Savonis, his son. Uh, you know, he, he, he was playing huge in, in the bracket. Gonzaga actually had that game against Syracuse, and they, they kind of blew it down the stretch. Uh, definitely. Uh, Demontis Savonis is an excellent NBA prospect, and he looks great, uh, son of Arvidas Savonis. And Kyle Wilcher as well looks good, but... And he dominated uh, Jakob Polo, another uh, high NBA uh, draft prospect. And But ultimately, they came a little short against Syracuse. I mean, like you said, they probably should have won that game, but Syracuse just made some big plays down the stretch and made some b- really big stops on at the end of the game, especially on that last play with that block. So, uh, yep. yeah, did you want to go in further into that? Uh, no, but I mean, uh, I think the difference uh, in the game against Virginia is really their, their, uh, th- that freshman really took over the game in the second half, I think. Um, yeah, Ma- Malachi Richardson was uh, excellent in that game, and Michael Vianigi was excellent as well. And then, I mean, they just come out of nowhere, and uh, Jim Beheim, everyone was kind of writing him off this year after he got suspended and so forth, but... Uh, you got to give him and that Syracuse program a lot of credit. Uh, they fought their way through and they grinded their way through, and now they're in the Final Four. So, uh, any yeah, definitely. He made a lot of big threes at, at the end of that game, and their defense came up big. And not not just that game, but uh, all four of the games they played. So, definitely. Uh, did you want to go into anything else before we get into the two matchups? Uh, no. Okay, so now we'll uh, get into the previews for the two Final Four games. First game on Saturday, which will be starting at 6.10 Eastern Time. We have the Villanova Wildcats, the winner of the South Region, taking on the Oklahoma Sooners, the winner of the West Region. So uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I think uh, Villanova is actually favored to win this game. Uh, apparently, um, I think, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Jenkins or RG Diakno. Uh, I I think Buddy Heel's gonna come up big again in that 
Um, to be honest, you know, I'm going to stick with my picks. I had Oklahoma winning it all, so I see them beating Villanova and uh, uh, coming through in the final as well. So that's okay. going to be my pick. Okay, definitely. Uh, I didn't wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, since I have no team in the final four <laughs> that I originally picked, I got to pick a new champion out of these four. And my picks were absolutely terrible. And uh, in this game, I mean, it's really tough. I mean, Villanova, I think, is favored, rightly so, because they've I think they've been uh, more dominant in their wins than Oklahoma throughout the tournament. And they're favored by two. I think they have Villanova definitely has uh, more depth with Ryan Archidiacono, Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins. And up front, I think they have better front court play up front with uh, Daniel Sheffu. He's been ex- absolutely excellent in the tournament so far. And I've kind of been going back and forth, but uh, Villanova has, compared to any other team that Oklahoma has played so far, they kind of have a wings that are really good on defense to kind of slow Buddy Hill down, not completely stop him. So, uh, but uh, ultimately, I, I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. I'm going to ride the hot hand. Uh, I, I think he's going to come up big again, like you said, and I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think Oklahoma will win, but they'll win probably by like five or six. It'll be a, a close game all the way throughout. But ultimately, I think he'll come up big, and he just he just seems like he has ice water in his veins, Buddy Heald. And it seems like these situations are absolutely normal to him. They're nothing big for him. And he seems to always come through. So I'm going to ride that hot hand with Buddy Heald. And I'm going to go ahead and agree with you that Oklahoma will move on into the championship game. So uh, let's move into the next Final Four game. A tip-off of approximately 8.50 Eastern. We have uh, the UNC Tar Heels out of the East region versus the Syracuse Orange out of the Midwest region. So what do you think about this one, Syed? Yeah, I think uh, UNC is just too deep and too talented. I think uh, they're really going to take it to the the Syracuse Orange ring. They played a couple of times this year, and I think UNC's won both of those games. Uh, I think UNC is a big favorite in this game as well. So, yeah, I see Bryce Johnson and the rest of it, and Marcus Page and the Okay, definitely. Uh, yeah, UNC is favored by nine points, and rightly so. They should be. They've been, uh, in my opinion, the best team, the best overall team in the tournament so far. Buddy Heald has been definitely the best player in the tournament. And I just think uh, Syracuse's uh, run of like fortunate matchups and so forth, but give them credit, they played well, but... They haven't faced a team nearly as good and nearly as deep and talented and well-coached as this UNC Tar Heels team is. I really love their uh, power forward, Bryce Johnson. He's definitely going to be a lottery pick going into the draft. Marcus Page plays excellent defense. Joel Berry, another great wing for them. Justin Jackson as well. Kennedy Meeks. I really love their depth, their starting lineup overall. They're all really efficient guys. And then Isaiah Hicks off the bench really provides – added scoring and uh, toughness and defense. So uh, I'm going to ride uh, North Carolina, Roy Williams. I think they're going to win win this game pretty big. I think they're going to win by 15-plus, and they're going to cruise on into the championship game, setting up a, a really exciting matchup between Oklahoma and North Carolina. What do you, who, what do you think will happen in that game? 
Yeah, I think that that will be an exciting game. Um, uh, ultimately, I think, you know, I think Oklahoma playing in the Big 12, I think they've been tested, you know, throughout the year. I think that was probably the deepest conference, uh, even though the ACC did really well in the tournament. Um, and I think Buddy Heald's really been the best player in the tournament. So, you know, I think... Okay, definitely. Uh, you have your championship pick still alive in Oklahoma, and it was definitely a great pick in the beginning. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go with North Carolina. I mean, even though I think Oklahoma is really good, and there are other guys besides Buddy Hill that have been playing well, too. I just think uh, North Carolina, definitely better coached. I think they... Definitely, like I said, have a better overall team, the best overall team so far in the NCAA tournament, and I just think that's going to be that's going to be proved to be too much for Buddy Heald. I think carrying them his team completely for six games is going to be too much, and I I think Bryce Johnson. I don't think Oklahoma really has any any player on their team that that can really contain him. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And then Marcus Page and Joel Berry on the wing as well, I think, can score and put points on the board. So uh, ultimately, I'm going to go with UNC, and I think they're going to win their first championship since 2009. So did you want to go into anything else uh, into, in particular with that game? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so uh, definitely uh, you have Oklahoma winning it all, and and... We don't even need to ask. You think Buddy Heald will most likely be the most outstanding player. And I have North Carolina winning it all from these final four teams, and I think uh, Bryce Johnson will be the most outstanding player of the tournament. So uh, thank you for coming on with me, Syed. Uh, definitely look look forward to having you on again, and it's always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, I'll be back the weekend of April 7th to do a two-part special podcast on the illustrious great career of Kobe Bean Bryant. So uh, stay tuned for that one. That should be uh, a really good one, and uh, thank you for listening.